I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Boys, hello. It's hello. us. It's the Scaredy Hi. Boys. We are three scared boys. Coming in before the episode to say, hey, our Patreon's pretty awesome. You should go check it out. I've heard it's pretty good. I've heard a rumor. A lot of good stuff there, Sean. What kind of stuff are we talking about, Thomas? I've heard that there's some RPG campaigns. I've heard that there's a small screen scares every time we have some good time to do that sort of thing. Is there a certain detective that we can all get excited about? I think there might be. I've heard a rumor that maybe the IMDb detective is running some uh, crash courses for two budding detectives, and that is also over on our Patreon. Might be my new favorite type of bonus episode. Also, all the the classics, the uh, scary stories. Scary stories. We've got some hometown tales coming up. Chases. Going to be doing Q&As. Got a book club coming. We've got a lot of good stuff. And it, the best part is, is five bucks and you get all that stuff. Yeah. That's a coffee. Don't know where you're getting your coffees from, mate. Five bucks. My coffees aren't five bucks. How much do you pay for coffee? Oh, about three. Three bucks? Yeah. Where do you live? 1970? What the fuck are you talking about? A coffee's, you know, four fifty. I get $3 coffee every day. Are you getting a tiny coffee? Nope. A la- is that large or? That is a large. No, I don't get a large coffee. So I'm a small, small latte. Yeah. Yeah, four fifty. Yeah, so go join our Patreon. How would we do that? <laughs> we would go to patreon.com forward slash scaredy boys. Sounds good, Sean. Sounds incredible. Now the episode. Where are you getting a coffee from? <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Possession. Possession is a 1981 psychological drama and horror film directed by Andrzej Zalowski and written by Zalowski and Frederick Tutin. A woman starts exhibiting increasingly disturbing behaviour after asking her husband for a divorce. Suspicions of infidelity soon give way to something much more sinister. Tom. Sean. You have the floor. Why would I? Shut up, Tom. You don't have the floor. (laughs) Damo. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. What's the fuss? What's going on? I have no idea, honestly. Sorry to film nerds. We are normally one of you. I'm not this time. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, Tom will have the floor eventually, but- No, turn his mic off. Throw it in the ocean. (laughs) You're out of here, mate. (laughs) We'll strap his mouth shut. Uh, Yeah. So, I had no real idea of what this movie was. I knew that it had been banned for a bit um, and that there was like some hard cuts because people were like, too messed up. We got to protect the audiences. And then it's recently had a resurgence. People on horror Twitter have been talking about it. It's on Shudder. Yep. Tom hasn't shut up about wanting to watch it for a while. Bought it on Blu-ray. Here we are. We've watched it. Almost from the first frame, I was confused and bored. Yeah. I think that's disingenuous. Ah, that's not disingenuous. <laughs> no, no, no. He's speaking his truth, man. No, no, no. I think I think 
your feelings of the film have coloured the whole experience. I think I think we're all on board about t- for about the first act, and then I don't think I was. I felt like you both were. Not really, because the movie started out in a way that I was like, "Why would you choose to start this way? Mm. You haven't grounded this in any in anything." Sean, that's the point. Mm. That's the point. But the should movie, it be? That's no. my point. Movies don't have to, mate. They don't have to hold your hand, buddy. They don't the, need to. The MCU's there for you, mate, if you no, need something a bit don't easier. Don't worry, mate. I don't want that slop right now. I'm trying to invest in cinema. <laughs> I want you to watch some fucking Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got Sorry to, uh, we couldn't get Stephen Amell for you, mate. Oh, mate, if we could, fucking hell, you'd be up right now. And I don't mean standing. <laughs> I'd be dead. <laughs> your dick would be you'd up. You'd be right. 0.6 to midnight, mate. <laughs> uh, well, before we go too much further into... Trashing or loving this film or whatever, mm. I do want to sort of acknowledge the usual thing of movies are subjective. Oh, yeah. Arts, whatever. Arts, not a solid thing. Certain people want certain things from certain movies. And so, for anyone who loved this movie, even Tom, as I begrudgingly say that, good for them, happy for them. That's awesome. I don't think Sean agrees with you. I don't think Sean's happy for me. No, no. <laughs> I, I definitely agree in that movies are subjective. Yeah. Thomas, what's my favorite movie? Loch Ness. What do most people think of that movie? Shit. Yeah, I'll yeah. kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, for all the people on Letterboxd who have given this so many high ratings, and there is a lot. Mm. And 4.1. For me personally, I was I, after this movie, I was scouring those ratings, those reviews, trying to figure out what it was people liked about it. Because for me, it, and again, subjective for me, my experience, blah, blah, blah. It did not, it literally didn't, it didn't negative stuff i was just i was just baffled and confused and not even confused in like what the plot of the story was in just why these filmmaking decisions were being made yeah it it has a vibe to me of a film school movie Mm. as in like one that you're no no (laughs) jesus what do you mean what do you think i mean that's right keep going mate the one that you go to film school and your lecturer froths yeah. over it because of the, you know, the, the I don't know. Because it's cinema. The cinema of it all, you know. And so, you being a film school person want to be like, yeah, it's firing on all these, yeah, you know, the yeah. mise-en-scene and all of this is beautiful, all these levels. And it's I mean, just the mise-en-scene like, is very well done. Uh, occasionally, yeah. It's the, it's the empty spaces. Yeah. They Some make, of the cinematography is great. so isolated. They do, but they make it look boring as fuck as well. Yeah, that was my takeaway as well. I'm like, okay, you've made it isolated, but- Okay. Cool. Everything's white and blue. It's during it's during the fucking Cold War. Of course, it's isolated. You film this during the Cold War. Like, no, I just the isolation. I think is is part of the theme of that this these two people, Mark and Anna. Yeah, they're isolated in this thing because Mark can't get a grip on anything. He's truly on his own. Mm. That in itself, she is also truly on her own because she's chosen to do what she's doing. Mark can't get a grip on anything. Is perhaps my biggest issue with the film. Give me a grip from the start. No. I, I want to see a bit of normal before things go crazy so that I have a grounding in what is a baseline of what this thing should be. And we never actually get that. I agree because obviously the real background for all this is for all of this is their marriage breakup and the devastating effect it's sort of having, especially on him, but also her. Which and is, their son. And their son, which is like clearly that's the inspiration for this movie. If you've done any reading about it, the writer-director had had a, a pretty traumatic breakup. Obviously, the- the way they react to the breakup individually each is so extreme. They sort of yeah. go through these different cycles of self-harm and screaming at each other and wanting each other and despising each other and all these sort of elements that you're like, yeah, I can see how a breakup relates to all that. But I agree that has greater impact to me if I get even a touch of 
the before. Like this, if that's the inciting incident, you've got to give us more setup yep. before we where there isn't. We're oh, just see, I I like that the setup is that they're together, and then literally the opening scene is him, her, and him arguing on the street with him being like, "Well, do you want me to leave? I've just come back from work." Mm. I like that it just it throws you in. I don't. We're all very different with the things that yeah, we like, and there right. are, there's there was often like we're three Venn diagrams. There's stuff that overlaps between. All three of us, there's yeah. stuff that overlaps for just Sean and I, there's stuff that overlaps for Damo and Sean, there's stuff that overlaps for me and Damo. That's it. And this is Tom. And then there's then there's, then there's then there's my little pocket. But I just I like you are you were you were saying when you when we, when it finished, you mm. were like, I'm generally curious, what did you enjoy about it? And there weren't yeah. things that <laughs> appealed to you when I said them. You're like, no, no, how? It's like, well, they're the things that I like. But I like that at no point are we stable? At no point do they does he does the director care to, to balance this? He's just like, no, this is this you're in. It's chaos. It's mm. stuff happening all the time. You are never going to be able to feel at ease at any point because your the audience is kind of mark for large portions of it. He literally comes home from work and is just hit with, I want a divorce. So there's no moment for him to grab onto anything familiar because it is just immediately taken away from him. Mm. And any attempt that he makes to try to to cling onto it just exacerbates the situation and makes it worse. From I, like, I, I can get it, yeah. We don't know who Mark is because we're never given the opportunity to know. No, no. We, we what, see what normal is for version. this guy. We see him really in the first 20 minutes of the movie just be absolutely unhinged. And then he sort of levels out a little bit to mm. some extent. Yeah. And it's just kind of a weird setup. But even him leveled out because, again, this is where I'm, I generally don't truly- like you come As a critic, you come into any sort of film and go- Everything we're seeing on screen has been a purposeful decision made by an artist somewhere along the line, whether it is the director or someone else involved. In which case, great. Then the fun of being a critic is is going, okay, why did they do that? What's the thought behind it? And there's so much of this movie where I, I, I people clearly have done that and they've dug in and they've found their reasons and all the rest of it. And again, me personally, all those caveats, I'm watching it going- I don't feel like there's any reason for a lot of the decisions making. And let me just get this out because I'm like, maybe there is, but it felt messy to me in the sense where I'm like, okay, occasionally I'm like, oh, I think that's what he's going for here. And then it sort of disappears. And then there's, we get the next scene. And it, I just sort of felt like it felt like a movie that was discovery written or discovery made as it went. Like sure. it's just sort of almost improvised. I'm sure that wasn't entirely the case, but there was certain elements where I'm like, none of this is, is finding connections with other parts in the film other than the very thin plot and the continual their breakup and how it's affecting them and otherwise it just sort of kept taking these turns and i don't know i just didn't i ne- i it is the grounded thing and i can even get on board like i really liked your description of it tom i think that's of him walking in and just being disorientated by the thing i can right. totally understand how someone would enjoy watching that that's yep. just not me. yeah but then the decisions from them especially like even the acting decisions <laughs> i didn't I didn't connect with the Stark environment. I didn't really do a lot. I can see how it adds to the the theme of it all, but it visually for me and as an audience member, it didn't do much to like, it was too bare. There was nothing to enrich the scene, to enrich the story, to enrich the characters. And that probably was the point. But again, for me, that was its failing. Can I tell you another thing too? So realizing reasonably quickly, this is not my type of thing. But then still thinking, maybe it's just going to be, you know, a real fucking psycho movie. Yeah. Maybe I can enjoy it from a fun section point of view. <laughs> right. But then when Sam Neill's, like, beating the shit out of her, I'm just like, I fucking hate this movie. That was awful, yeah. And that's pretty early on, too. So, I'm just kind of like, this movie's, like, giving me nothing that I actually want and then giving me things I definitely do not want to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, look, it's it's he's not a good character. Like, I think this is the thing. Neither of them are necessarily good characters. They're both- Making terrible decisions and making wild decisions, and the performances, are, like the performances, are 
I think, very good. It's just because they, they feel inhuman. They feel like animals. It's like these people aren't people anymore. This this they're no they're just the basest instincts of what they are. Yeah. And I think they play that really well. Mm. And I think you then have the character of Heinrich who comes in and is like, no, you need to love everything. But Mark can't do that. His love doesn't exist. It's it's yeah. just gone sour. And so even his decision to go back and protect Bob isn't in from what my my taking of the film. It feels like that's not a decision made out of love. It's mm. a decision made out of either trying to hold a grip. On Anna using Bob possession possessive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This yeah. is the other thing too. I think this is a movie that is a you. You made a point when watching it. You were like, this doesn't feel like a possession movie. It doesn't feel like anyone's possessed. Mm. This is a possession movie. It's about the exorcism of a marriage. Yeah, and the exorcism of a relationship. I think they are possessed. Anna is possessed by Mark and their love and the control and the the fact that he wants to be in a relationship that she mm. doesn't want to be and she wants to be free. Sure. So she creates a new Mark. Yeah. That's all very good. Mm. You know, and another thing that doesn't ground it, just you know, taking off from your talking about them as animals, that sort of thing. That's really cool, but it doesn't actually give you other humans to kind of ground that as a weird baseline. Like, there's yeah. no baseline. Yeah, Heinrich's in it, but he's he's a, he's cooked. As Helen's well. Helen's the baseline. Which one's Helen again? The teacher. Yeah. Okay, but then that like she's just the same actress, so you're constantly waiting for like some weird fucked shit to happen. So like, I don't think you have a baseline of what a normal human is. No, you, you also to, don't. There's only feed into these people being like the possession animalistic aspect. Of right. It. I think though everyone's a heightened, a bizarre version because of the way the people are. Like Margie's an, a wild mm. individual. Heinrich. I think they're all extremes. I don't think you have baseline characters because they don't exist in this world, except for Helen, who's sort of this baseline character of and, and looks like- Yeah. Speaking of it as the world is interesting too because it's like, well, okay, I don't have an idea of what the world is supposed to be in this movie. Mm. It's Cold War West Berlin, baby. It never really gives you that and it's so empty and it's, everything's just sparse and I don't know, man. I'm glad that you enjoy it. I love that you've hooked onto the vibe of this. <sighs> I don't know. I haven't even rated this on Letterboxd because part of yeah. me is like, well, what do I give it? Because in my heart, I want to just be like, piece of shit, one star. But it's not like, <laughs> you can't compare- It's not a one star You film. can't compare any movie to any movie really, but it's not a one star film compared to like some of the trash shit I've seen that has like right. no craft put into it or yeah. anything like that. But then it's like, all right, well, maybe I'll just do unrated. But then I'm like, I look at it and it's 4.1 and I'm like, I don't know, man. Are people like me watching it and not rating it? And then it's contributing to everyone else just thinking this is some fucking masterpiece? Yeah. I, th- th- and at the same time, back to your thing, Damo, mm. sorry. It's like, if you think it's a masterpiece, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, great. So is Loch Ness for me. Yeah, yeah. A masterpiece is anything that you really engage with and like, and I didn't engage with yeah, like. Yeah, I think that's what gets me the most is that uh, the the high rating on Letterboxd has honestly that's the thing that's bad for me. I can get Tom loving this movie. Mm. This is a vibe heavy movie. This is a Tom loving movie. I've got no issue. I don't. Are you rattled I don't by how many Toms there are in the world? <laughs> right, but that's the thing. I'm like, is it just a thing where like everyone is so scared to? For, they feel obliged to because oh I like cinemas and everyone seems to like this I better give it a good rating even if it wasn't for me where it's a very cynical way to look at yeah, it it probably is but again <laughs> I, I that, think that's the I, way that I think about no, it too no. but I also see where you're coming from Tom where it's like people will listen to this who love this movie and just be like you fucking idiots but I tell you what up. it is it's because every movie runs on a bell curve right every movie has some people who love it some people who hate it there is a bell curve in the middle where it's you know and becomes it's three point two whatever. This movie is clearly not for everybody. This is where I think I'm coming from. It's like, this is a movie for a very select group of people. And for those people, they love it. But for the far further ends of the bell curve, why is there not more further ends of the bell curve? Why is there not more Sean and Damos out there who are just going, Happy you loved it, but man, I'm I'm You're skewing your that. data by looking at Letterboxd. This I is think. the thing. Letterboxd is a, uh, probably 
more. It's for people who you people get, who, who genuinely love cinema as opposed right. to just like I'm going to chuck on transfer. Your IMDb rating <laughs> probably yeah. fits a bit better in what that is it's the IMDb seven, I think. Out of yeah, 10. that's more like so it's a little yeah. bit more towards the middle. See that I can yeah. because but sometimes Letterboxd, sometimes Letterboxd, Letterboxd is going to skewer your data. Sometimes you go on Letterboxd and you'll see a film that's got like it's hitting every every score. Right, like it's a really divided opinion. But this one's like heavily like four upwards. Yeah, there's more five star reviews than there are four star reviews, and like I don't think. There's very few movies that I think, again, because I think movies that hit that are ones that do also have some level of broad appeal. And this has zero level of broad appeal. Apparently not. Well, no, well, that's not broad. That's but this is where my confusion comes from. On Letterboxd, I, I think. I think. Look, the point I'm gonna I'm gonna make just interesting about you're saying that mm. you're like how they they're not more people like me. Do people just not care about cinema? The example I'm gonna give you is a movie that on Letterboxd has a four point zero. Okay, what is it? It is La La Land. The reason I want to talk about that is it is it, it's people really like it. It's mm. got a four point zero. A lot of a lot of the reviews are really positive. Most of the people that I know have given it four to five stars. For me, it is a one star movie. Mm. I I despise everything about it. I despise its message. I despise how it goes about it. I want to punch every character. It is a movie that I hate and could would never watch again. I had a, while watching it, I'm like, yeah, I get the director's doing some stuff. It kind of looks okay, but this is just this isn't my this isn't for me. But I don't look at four point zero and go. Everyone who likes La La Land is a fucking moron. I'm not I look saying at it and that go, either. Not fucking moron. I don't look at it and go, oh, these people must be afraid to. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, but again, when I'm talking about the broad appeal, La La Land has some of the biggest actors in Hollywood. The beautiful, lovely people that people like to look at. It's got dancing. It's got singing. It's got Hollywood. It's got flash. Like. To me, the broader appeal is way more obvious than Possession, which is literally the inverse of just about all of that stuff. That's more I'm like I'm generally just confused. <laughs> like, not not your best example, Tom. No, and look, maybe not. But I think my, my point I'm trying to make is, is therefore that, we win. Don't come don't come <laughs> at it. Don't come at it from a cynical point of no, view. I of understand like, what you're saying. Yeah, maybe these people are afraid to like it. Maybe they just enjoyed it. Yeah, look, that's right. Maybe I'm being a cunt. Um, but you are, Damon. I'm going to beat you up in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was more just like I really wanted to to understand it. That's like re- I, I can understand movies that are divisive. We've watched some on this podcast before, and I think it's the most divisive one we've watched. I think it is, and that's why I'm that's why I'm surprised when the general public audience who have watched this film aren't equally as divisive as the three of us in this room. I think that's more what I'm I mean, shocked by. Here's a perfect example. For us as Scaredy Boys, Our the three of our opinions on the movie Halloween, the original Halloween, mm. widely regarded as the- Like, we can appreciate what it's doing, but we're like, this this sucks. Like, everyone- I also don't think that's a great example because we can totally understand the aspects of why that is what it is. It's just we watch it now and go, eh. Like, that's 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 different to me. For, like, there are thing, definite things in Halloween I can latch onto yeah. that are great. I just don't overall like. I don't think it's a great movie. Whereas with this one, I really wish I could latch onto anything about it. I can't. I think it's. I think some of it is. Some of the compositions are really cool. Some of the camera work is really interesting. Isabel, that's kind of about it. The performances they're they're interesting, but I don't partic- I wouldn't say they're great performances. That's subway. I don't think Sam is- Neill's very good. She she's better than Sam Neill. Yeah, it, but yeah. also her character. Like I don't know. I. Like I said, I don't have a baseline for her character. Her character's always really at 11. Judge it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, why we're sort of, sort of, I, there are a couple of things that I think I can, I had to work a little hard to find things I appreciate <laughs> because honestly, it just, it just really didn't do a lot for me. I, I, and again, I was pretty open. I really wanted it to. I, I feel like I did come in with an open mind, but it's somewhere along the line, I'm like, no, this is never going to give me what I want. And I start to shut down. He's an open mind boy. 
I generally am. Like, I kind of wanted it to yeah, be more we both than it are. was. So, You're anyway, not. a couple of things that I think... Damo, yes. You come in and be like, hmm, Stephen Amell's not in this. Where's, where's the Loch Ness Monster? Zero stars. This director slighted me once. Oh, never again. <laughs> They're dead he cut me. me off in traffic. <laughs> in my dreams. Zero stars. <laughs> so, yeah, here's, what I, here's where I've, I've sort of... I had to dig a bit harder, but I found a few things that I think, okay... That's something. I'm, again, trying to figure out for the people who love it, why they love it. I really am trying to, to I, want, I want to understand. So one thing I think is like, there's a lot here that we haven't seen before. So straight away, there's an element there that's interesting. This is a film that I've not seen this kind of film. Obviously, there's been art house films. They've been sort of oblique horror films and this sort of stuff. I do think this has found its own little niche and that there is clearly something that's connecting with a certain group of people. And I think that in itself is- interesting maybe like i think okay if this director's managed to to carve out his it is art in that sense and there is an element of auteurism because he has created something no one else could create there is a very strong voice it's just uh, it's a voice i I can't cannot understand so i think that's one two i think yeah her performance is exceptional i think it is epitomized by her in the subway yeah that scene with the miscarriage phenomenal but i also think it's lessened because she's at 11 at every other point i think that scene did affect me. I think it was really well done and, and horrible and, and grotesque. But I think if we'd had her just a few degrees down at more points throughout the movie, that would have fucking rocketed me. That would have been like, holy shit, look at her go. Look at, at the wells she's digging into where we'd already kind of got a fair amount of that. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, she's. I think this is the best version she's done in the film. But I've also, that's all we've really seen of her character. You just kind of never know like who a character is. No, uh, no, you don't. No, I- the three, see, and I really like that aspect of it because the only you don't meet her before she's decided to have the divorce. Yeah. So us not knowing who she is at any point or understanding her motivations puts us again in the viewpoint of Mark, where he does not know who his wife is anymore. Yeah. She is she is an alien to him. Yeah. She is completely foreign to him. First of all, he finds out that she wants a divorce, and then he finds out that she wants she's seeing this other guy, and then she he finds out she's got an apartment somewhere, mm. and there's just. Nothing is making sense for him. So, as that being our sort of perspective and our gateway in, I, I don't mind that we never get a clear read on on who she is because we come in and the, the version of Anna that he he loved doesn't exist anymore. She's gone. Yeah, um, she's been completely consumed by whatever this 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 feeling and this this need to get out of this relationship. Yeah, um, and I also think that the, the sort of paranoia that filters through Mark and the way the reason that Neil's character is performances I quite like, even that it's so big and paranoid and edgy and weird, and he's making wild decisions. Is that he is a spy? Mm-hmm. That he's got. They live near the wall, and every day there are two people in that guard tower watching his window, mm-hmm. like every day. Um, he does. He wants to get out. Like it's very clear he doesn't want to do this work anymore. So I think there's a lot of pressures, and you know, it's it's that thing of East and West Germany, the the sort of the, the Cold War that was happening there. It was a stressful mm-hmm. place to live, and I think the depiction of that environment in these two characters, I think, is really done really well. I think the direction is really interesting. I think we see some stuff you don't normally see, and I think the performances are ridiculous. My criticism is it's too long. But other than that, <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. What fascinates me about this movie is that you talked earlier about it being censored to shit. So this was mm. came out in the 80s, was deemed a video nasty in the UK, so mm. it didn't get a release in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Eventually got a release in the US in like 99 or 95 or something like that where they just... Cut the shit out of it. It was. It is. A, there is a seventy-minute cut of this movie, mm. and I just want to know on that Blu-ray that I own. Yeah, the seventy-minute cut is there. I am fascinated to watch it because I'm just like, 
what what would be in that movie? Mm. Like, oh. what is happening? That is nearly half the runtime. I and if we you, would have preferred that cut, just because it was not as time, long. Yes. For time reasons. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, like, it would have been yeah. just as baffling. Like, I even sit there and there are parts of the movie that are incomprehensible to me, but I want to find out why and I want to unpick them. And I, I like sure. I like, I like things that, you know, occasionally I'm like, fuck, I don't know what's going on, but I'm here for it. Vibes, you know? That's my, yeah, that's yeah, my brain. Yeah. So, I'm interested to see. If I wasn't so stubborn, I would have got more out of this. It's a failing of you then. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, you just admitted but, that it was. Well, but, do you know what I mean? But I still don't think I would have got much out of it. I, I, I really, I know what I like in stories, and yeah. this just gave me none of it. No, no that's and fair I think enough. playing off something Damo said earlier, it is a very strong voice, and I would even say it's a strong work. Like yeah. it is. It's a, it's a, it is a strong piece of cinema. But clearly, I'll just talk for me personally. I don't understand it and I don't engage with it. Yeah. That's basically it. And for me, I don't, again, you say you like sort of not really fully knowing and you're, there's that confusion, the vibes, all the rest of it. Where for me, I want to, I want some answers at least somewhere in there. But I also want to feel like this storyteller is a master of their craft and really knows what they're doing. Where to me, like I said, it felt more exploratory, more just like, uh, okay, then this is happening because of them. Like, it sort of was throwing stuff up there, but I'm like, oh, okay, but you're not as interested in telling a story in the way, again, my view of story opposed to other people's view of story. But for me, a story is a definitive thing with a structure that uh, that is all the different layers have combined together to really hit home with this really sort of either, not necessarily a message, but there's there's just some, it's a contained unit that has a very direct effect on an audience where for me, this didn't, this felt a lot looser. This this was not contained. So the strands were sort of open and free, and yeah, it didn't fit what I either want for a story, what even I would call a story. Like I think there's there's elements of my version of a story where this is actually going outside that, and it's its own thing. Give it a different name, almost kind of like yeah. I guess um, to really uh, big myself up. But what's his name with not calling Marvel Cinema? Scorsese. Oh, Scorsese. Scorsese. It's like give it its own name. I like for this. Thing I'm like when I think of a story, I'm thinking of yeah, like a more traditional yeah, story. The, I mean, this, if we were if we watched more European cinema, we would be more prepared for the way that I was just handled story. Sure, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, that's I, and that's it. We've also got our very Western way of telling Absolutely, story that we've yeah. been entrenched in. So yeah, and it's all those things combined. So I'm happy to to sort of go. People love it, and I'm happy they love it. I really just want to understand why. Like I yeah. want to know. I want the part part of me. Will never understand, but yeah. part of me will always want to understand. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, my gut instinct is to yell, "This is a piece of shit," but right. it's not. It's just it's in every, really in every way, it's not the kind of thing that I want, and so it's just not for me. But I, I did I say at the start I don't understand why people like this? You did, yeah. Uh, well, I do, I do. I, I get, I get. There's this, there are people who who love like the the craft of film, and they don't love. That Western filmmaking, mm. that box office filmmaking, they love a, a a story that doesn't spoon feed you. They love to just see the visuals and yep. that stuff play out. And I think for them, they really latch onto it for sure. And yeah. our boy's got a little bit of that in him. Uh, of course yeah. he does. You for do. Sure. Thank I do. Yeah. And I think it really does come down to the story element. I think for me, um, if I love a movie, it's because the story's done really, really efficiently. There's a lot of craft going on. But for some, film doesn't necessarily need to hone in on story. It can be this effervescent yeah. sort of en- enigmatic it's mystery. It's a visual medium. You can just yeah. lean all in. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a great documentary called, I think it's called Samsara. Yeah. Samsara. And it is a documentary about earth and life and death and rebirth and mm. things. Um, and there is no 
dialogue at all. Right. It's just music and just visuals, just images, images of people. And then there's like sections where it's like a volcano erupting. There's mm. like traditional dance. There's a whole section of just mandala drawings. There's sections on like people hu- like killing cattle and killing mm. chickens. And there's all, that, there's all this kind of stuff. And there's things of just like animals in nature. Like it's a very visceral and, and interesting cinematic experience. There is zero plot. Yeah. There's no story whatsoever. And it is a documentary because it is real life and it's just right. a series of images. And, and it's, 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 it's a really powerful piece of work, but it's not, it's the next step above something like possession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's in that thing of it's right. like, there's still a story there. You just have sure. to find it yourself mm. or you put your own story on it. All the stories, it's just some nice images to look at. Yeah. And this is where like, this is where cinema can almost become abstract art where everyone, if you take like literally a piece of abstract art on the wall and someone's going to look at that and go, that's the most powerful thing I've ever seen because they're, they're connecting dots that the person standing next to them isn't. And they're going to go, I don't understand. It's just a jumble of shapes. Yeah. And I think this kind of fits somewhere in that realm where I look at this, I'm like, yeah, it's the, it's a jumble of shapes that have no connective tissue. Where obviously you and many others are going, no, no, no. I, I. But again, it is that allowing the audience to fill in those blanks and tell themselves yeah. the story. And of course, this does actually have a, a plot and a story. But for the rest of it, I think, yeah, there's a lot open for you to come in and fill yourself. And I don't necessarily want that from a film. I, I, I guess I've, I've found because yeah. I want to be cradled in the arms of a brilliant filmmaker, a brilliant storyteller, and shown the work <laughs> rather uh, than have you, to do the work. Are you saying you want to be cradled in the arms of a tentacle monster? <laughs> if that, that tentacle monster fucks you real good. is telling me some wicked stories while they fuck me, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas this is this is cinema that kind of gives you a hundred different interpretations. Like you can just go you can go wild. It's, and, and there is like reading all the sorry mate, the reading all the right. letterbox reviews, it's so interesting because I really dug deep on them and it's so interesting. Lots of people who still loved it all gave it really high reviews. They're, they're loving it for different things. They're interpreting it in yeah. very different ways. And you read them and you go, oh, that's really cool. I didn't think of it like that. That's, yeah. that's actually quite interesting. Well, but while watching it, I was just kind of like, nah. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm like, I'm glad you found that. Yeah. Re, re, I still don't think I've, even yeah. thinking, even though hearing your great interpretation of it, I'm like, I still don't think that's there for me. Yeah. I still like, that's awesome that you saw that. If I rewatched it, I'm not, I'm still not seeing that. Sure. And again, it's because they're filling in those voids with their own, uh, interpretation or ideas or whatever yeah. you want to call yeah. it. Look, I think at the end of the day, one of the reasons I vibe with this so hard is that my favorite book of all time is a book called If on a Winter's Night a Traveller, mm. in which every second chapter, it's about a guy who finds a book in a bookstore, he reads the first chapter, and then the book ends. It's missing the rest mm. of the pages. And so he goes back to the bookshop and he's like, can you give me that book? I want to read it again. And they go, yeah, no worries. And they hand him the book. And he opens it up and he reads the first chapter and it's a completely different book. Yeah, And he repeats this process like... The, every alternate chapter is him finding a copy of the book, opening it up, and just reading. You never get a whole story because yeah. it's just the start of a new story, and the mm-hmm. the journey is this this reader who is written in the second person, so it's you, yeah, tracking down all these novels because you just want to read. If on a winter's night, a traveler, and I love it. It's it's fantastic. It's mm. it's a great book. Tell Calvino, go read it. Um, but I I love that. It's my favorite book. Of course, I'd like possession. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I've read If On A Winter Night a Traveller from your recommendation. And because you'd sort of grounded me in, in what I was like you just did then, I was a bit more open to it. But similarly, yeah, I got frustrated by the end because- You wanted to read I If On A Winter Night a Traveller. Well, I just wanted a story. Like it gave me the beginnings of- all, There was lots of the stories that were very intriguing. It was very well written and I liked the- I idea. always ended a cliffhanger too. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, I just- I Yeah, I- 
that's what I'm looking for when I go to, to books or to cinema. I want a complete story. Let me quickly ask our questions. I feel like for this one, maybe they're not as important. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But were we scared? No. Uh, creeped out. It's a very intense oh, yeah. stuff. Like the subway scene in particular is, is, is a long scene. It is the performance she's giving is is intense. It's yeah. the highest I think the movie hits in terms of the the performance mm-hmm. being big. So that's full on. And then um, fake Sam Neill at the end is really unsettling. The, the really because <laughs> his eyes. eyes are the eyes are really weird. His yeah. face is very neutral. Um, he's a very skinny man in this film too. Oh, very. Yeah. say Sam Neill, make a fucking get it. I'll tell you what. Yeah. His, little, his little jeans, little tight T-shirts, yeah. <laughs> prancing around Berlin, Singing. killing people in bathrooms. I'm more of a Heinrich man myself. Okay. Yeah, Heinrich yeah. doing lots of weird dancing his while he dance talks. dance fighting. Powerful. Yeah, I want to learn that. Just the, kicking him in the nose. The very yeah. few buttons. He's never met a button in his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some really creepy shit. Anytime- <laughs> Sorry, just on Heinrich. Just his mum, who's like- Comes into the house yeah. and then doesn't come back in when there's a loud fight going on. She's just <laughs> almost it, to me. It's like this has happened before. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's just Heine taking care of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's also like I think a lot of the fear comes from any time a new character goes to the apartment. That mm-hmm. Once we've learned mm-hmm. that there is something in the apartment that is not human. Yeah, yeah. And that when people are in the apartment and they see this thing, she goes into this altered state. Almost a possession type yeah, thing, yeah, where she yeah. becomes violent and murderous. Yes, mm. yeah. And anytime anyone walks in there, you're just like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the first time we saw Tentacle Monster before it sort of before it had more of a humanoid shape was the was the most oh shit okay sort of moment that figure in the bathroom when it's just a silhouette 
or when no, it's on the bed? When it's on the bed and it's sort of like, yeah, it's really just, it is just tentacles. There's not really, and even not like an octopus, like there's eight. There's just like two big thick ones and one off the side or something like that. That was when I was like, yeah, this isn't, this is pretty unsettling. And then the next time we saw it, it looked a little bit more humanoid. Mm. And I think that actually lessened it weirdly. Usually it's like that uncanny valley. But for me, the alien thing was was stranger and, and therefore more uh, upsetting. Yeah. A great design. Yeah, again, and I, I almost wanted more of it, weirdly. Yeah. Like, I, I think- so At that point, yeah. Yeah. It was something exciting. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, that was. I think I was it. I was like, yeah. that. okay, maybe tell me that story, because I think Damo's <laughs> going to jive with a good genre, you know, yeah. sci-fi horror story a bit more than this more uh, artistic sort of thing. Um, did our characters act wisely or foolishly? <laughs> I can't even answer How that. do you answer that question? Yeah. Tom, yeah. can you? I don't know. Uh, yeah, look, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, considering- Everyone died and they might have started World War Three. Yes. Foolish. Yeah. How can you have any other answer given mm-hmm. that? Even the fact like, and it's quickly why we're on the ending. I, again, this is where I, I like, obviously I like stories about hope and that sort of stuff. The fact that it ends with her shooting both of them, their son, when other Sam Neill comes to the door, goes and drowns himself in the bathtub. Like everything's blowing up outside. I don't know. Why again? Yeah. Okay, then why do I why have I followed along it's for this like, to be the outcome? Have you had a bad time in this movie? Here's a little icing on the cake and it's the kid drowning himself. Yeah. It's honestly just fucking John it's don't awful. open. It's don't just, open. Yeah. Don't but open. It was mate. Not, but it was not necessary. Like, I don't know. Don't open. Didn't need to happen, Tom. It felt like it was purposely just going, all right, what's gonna piss everyone off? Like what's gonna shock the audience? What's yeah. gonna I don't know. I would have liked to slap the director and be like, Don't worry, mate, you've already done it. Yeah, yeah. You've done your job already. You've done it for over two hours. <laughs> Let Like, even if Bob just fucking ran, just hightailed it, literally just ran out into the woods or something. I, I'm going to assume that's not in the 70-minute cut. Him drowning himself? Yeah. I don't know, man. I I'll watch the 70-minute cut. And I'll I reckon it won't. Yeah, yeah, do. Yeah. I'm fascinated to know. I reckon we don't see any tentacles, zero yeah. tits, yeah. zero blood. I reckon, yeah, it'll be interesting. Do you think you keep the subway scene? I reckon I, no. Absolutely not. No Go way. On. Yeah. I don't yeah. think you can. That'd be like the main or, reason they didn't. Or <laughs> you see a bit of it and then it would cut. Yeah. You would cut before You'll she- see her doing some weird shit. You won't see her squatting down and- Yeah. Dying. Yeah. yeah. All right. Purging. Purging. Perhaps my most feared question. Yeah. Well, how would we do in this situation? I don't know. I don't want to be in this situation. Like, it unsettles me. So, I guess on that effect, on that account, it's effective. I think we go to that apartment okay. and I think we get killed. All right. I got- Great. <laughs> Just get over and done with quickly. That's all I wanted for this. I think we're getting killed. We're going to investigate and find uh, find this, this I, person and we die. I do something before that so that the guards on the wall shoot me. <laughs> you just run at them. You realise you're in uh, a Zawowski film and yep. you're like, oh, no, just, I'm ready yep. to die. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bang. Yep. You yep. just try to climb the wall. Just, that's it. I die climbing the wall. Maybe I get over. No, fuck. We're not doing this again. <laughs> what? We're not doing this. What? Where you think you can... Super, fuck me. I'll climb a wall. You think you can fight a bear? You wanted to have a crack at the predator. I'll fight anything, Tom. you got to have hope and belief. Something this movie doesn't have. Sean? Yeah. You're not getting over the wall, probably. Okay, I know. You're not my even, heart on you. To be this honest, is, this is the I try, you're not even getting to the I wall. I no, to put a bit of the hope into kill it. Zone in I don't front really of it. want to get over the wall. Okay, I want to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> so I can get out of this film. <laughs> Tom, question for you. Yes. You come across Tentacle Monster. I think you know the answer to this, Dan. Do you have your way with it? She, the implication is- It has its way with you. That thing knows how to fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I'd fuck it. Okay. (laughs) I'm actually, I'm happy for him in this instance. I'm I'm happy for him because at least someone's having a good time. Yeah, look. She talks about it. And in that scene where he walks in on her banging it, she's 
Yeah. Where do you reckon, just fictionally, it rates with sharks? In terms of fucking them? Yeah, your experience of fucking them. I don't want to fuck sharks. (laughs) I mean, maybe you don't want to anymore, but it's happened. I've never fucked a shark. Oh, I... That's not true. Well, it is what's, true. What's this revisionist history we've got going on Never over here? fucked a shark, Sean. What? Never. I you think if you go back to our Jaws 100th episode, I believe. Yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of shark fucking. There wouldn't have been that much talk about you fucking shark if you hadn't actually fucked a shark. So yeah. I think history does tell us... Yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah. I don't think I've ever fucked a shark, boys. Okay. Um, mate, you know what, Sean? On, please. It was worth doing this movie just to be able to rattle him again with yeah, a bit of more yeah. shark. <laughs> well, look where his, mind, his mind's going to the shark now. <laughs> Tom, come back. <laughs> Can't. I'm in. <laughs> well, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And if you scary listeners like this show would like to help us out, you can. It's real easy. You can just head over to patreon.com forward slash boys and become a patron for just five bucks a month. You get access to everything that we're doing over there. Uh, or you can also leave us a review wherever you listen as that truly helps us out a bunch. And lastly, if you have any comments about this episode or just want to say hi, you can email us at 3 at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at scaredyboys. Or individually, I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Orca Trade. Stay scared, everyone. Where's the Loch Ness Monster? Zero stars. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.